3: Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. The Association Between Running Injuries and Training Parameters, a systematic review, this is a study, came out in September of 2021 in the Journal of Athletic Training. And I'm going to talk to you about it. And if you're a runner, awesome. But it's not just for runners at all. This has to do with studies. It has to do with the flaws that that are inherent. And it has to do with injuries, which applies to everyone. And it applies to those long-standing myths as well. And so much more. So this is, yes a specific article about injuries as far as runners, but it applies to all exercise, pretty much, regardless of what mode you choose and why on this show I look at the science with the studies, with the real-world examples, all the clients, myself. We have to take all of this into account because studies are good, but... And science is good, but, and motivation is good, but, and we're all an experiment of one. And let me start by saying, running is something that everyone's an expert, <laughs> right? Your friend who runs, and, and I love it because people get so excited, they want to help. I have a family member who is exactly what I'm trying to describe here, means well, loves to run. But when someone says, oh, I have this issue, oftentimes this family member will give an exact solution.
4: And there rarely is one.
3: And this is confusing. And this is a problem when it comes to so many different things. And this is why studies can be and are often so problematic because there's a lot going on. And that's kind of the huge takeaway from this study. But it's really important that we talk about it. It's really important that we look at it. And again, if you're a runner, awesome. You're going you're gonna to learn some things. You're going to be a little confused, but I'll, I'll help with that. But again, it applies to everyone. It applies to everyone who is... Trying to move, trying to exercise, trying to do what you enjoy, and and you don't want to get hurt. That's what's really important. Now, when it does come to running, there are so many experts. Self-proclaimed. And you have to be really careful about who you listen to, whether that's a friend who's a runner, whether that's a coach. Whether you're reading and following a book, and that's a huge part of what this study and what I will talk about because we're all experiments of one. It's really individualistic. It's the other glaring takeaway from this. But the takeaways I'm going to give you are the solutions to yeah. We're going to talk about injuries and and running and so common but running is given a bad rap. We
4: were born to run people. Okay?
3: And You don't have to love running. You don't have to run. Absolutely not. You can swim. You can bike. You can Zumba. You can row. You can do whatever you want. But as I've said before, when I was a trainer and would work with people, running was one way I would what? Figure out their weaknesses, their imbalances. That is really important. One of the simplest ways. Go out for a short run with your client. When it's over, what's bothering them? My back hurts. My hamstrings are tight. I have this issue, that issue. Imbalances, weaknesses. We were 100% born to run. And let me just say, I've done that show and had Lieberman on. Where that whole book came from, his study, we were born to run. The problem is the way we do it.
4: And the problem is what we consider an injury.
3: But runners have a lower, I will say it over and over and over on this podcast and every day, lower likelihood of osteoarthritis than non-runners. For many reasons. I'm not going to get into the specifics of that in this show. We're talking about running. We're talking about injuries. We're going to talk about studies. We're going to talk about the solutions. That doesn't just apply to running it applies to everything quick break we'll be right back talking about a new study that suggests hey we may know way less about running and injuries than we think i would argue no we don't we just have to look at it the right way quick break we'll be right back Running is bad for you. Running is bad for your knees. Running is bad for your joints. And it's about injuries, right? People get injured. Now, a huge part of that, I would argue, and I'm going to get to the study and the specifics in a second, but a huge part of that is people are sedentary. People start running. They do too much too soon. They don't do all of the takeaways I'm going to give you at the end. And there's a problem. Of course, of course. You got to walk before you run, and you got to run walk as well. Running is not bad. Our society of sitting and technology and getting weaker and weaker is bad. The fact that so many people can't run is a huge problem. Again, you don't have to. You Don't have to, but I want you to be able to if you had to. And listen, let's go to evolution. If you couldn't run, what happened years ago?
4: You would be killed. You'd be eaten. Darwinian.
3: We don't live in that world anymore, but it's almost worse because we allow those basic health parameters to just fall by the wayside. Strength, cardiovascular, fitness, everything. And we do what? Yeah, we live longer, but the quality of life is horrible for so many people. So you don't have to run, but I want everyone to be able to if you had to and if you Needed to, and just so you could. So those underlying issues are not there. You fix them. That's what doctors should be saying to people. Not don't run, but let's figure out why. All right, let's get into the specifics of the study. So, again, uh, Journal of Athletic Training, September 3rd, 2021. And they looked at 36 articles. Well, let me back up a little bit. It was a team led by Jean-Francois Esculier, (laughs) I hope, uh, of the running clinic, which is headquartered near Montreal, Canada, and a medical professor at the University of British Columbia. And they looked at 36 studies featuring over 23,000 runners, and they're looking for trends in injuries and and the etiology, the causes potentially of those injuries. Overall, there were over 6,000 runners who sustained a running-related injury. Now, here's something interesting. The incidence of running-related injury was just about 15% in novice runners and beginners, 15%, 26% in recreational runners, and 62% in competitive runners. The three most frequently injured body parts were the knee. Not surprising. That's why they call it runner's knee, right? One of the most common issues people face when they start running, 25 almost 26%. Was the knee, the foot and the ankle 25%, and the lower leg 25% as well? Overall, there was conflicting evidence about the association between weekly running distance, duration, frequency, intensity, or specific changes in training parameters and the onset of running related injury. And that's what we're talking about. That's what this study is about. It applies to everything, not just running. So it's complicated. I'm just going to cut to the chase here, just what everyone wants anyway. But it's complicated. It's really hard to control for all these factors. And that's what's so common in exercise studies that I would argue is not looked at enough because there's very few studies into certain things. And the studies that are done, they don't control for so many different things. I mean, I think about these strength training studies and the fitness level of people before And, you know, the training techniques and their ability to recruit muscle fibers and their form during the work. I mean, there's so much that just isn't talked about in those studies. There's still good studies. Don't get me wrong. And we have to look at them. And that's where we get a lot of our information. But we need to balance it. And we need to look at it long and hard. And what this meta-analysis is showing is that what we think about running and the injuries, it's not necessarily the case. Let me just Let me read the conclusion from the abstract. Despite high rates of running-related injuries, current evidence does not consistently link those injuries with specific training parameters or recent changes in training parameters, as I said before. Uh, Therefore, caution should be taken when recommending optimal parameters or progressions. Given the, this is an important term, applies to a lot, multifactorial nature of, this is about running-related injuries, fill in the blank given the multifactorial nature of so much in exercise could be put right there. Okay, future studies also need to consider the interactions between training parameters as well as psychosocial, hormonal, lifestyle, and recovery outcomes to better understand the onset of running-related injuries. There's so much going on. There's so much going on that is not looked at and controlled for when it comes to running-related injuries. And so that's why running gets a bad rap. Let me jump ahead a little
4: bit. You know what's not looked at? Weight. Not enough.
3: Not, Not even a factor in this. What were they looking at again? Distance, duration, frequency, intensity, or specific changes in training parameters. How about what those people weighed going in? How about... How often they strength trained. Handful of other things. Were those days consecutive? How many days a week? That's frequency. But we need to look at all of those things. And that's what this study is saying. Is that that 10% rule. Let's get to that, right? So often runners, if you are a runner, you've heard, you should increase your weekly mileage no more than 10% a week. Not bad. But if you continue doing that over time, when do you stop? Because you'd be up to like 1,700 miles a week, (laughs) depending on where you start. And so for a beginner, doing 10% more per week and an advanced person, depending on where you start again, totally different. Now, let me say this. I've written books on running and triathlon. Really, really, really hard to do for this reason amongst others. But you're putting out a training plan and a weekly schedule. That's why I have not only beginner, intermediate, advanced, but goals. I changed that to goals of finish, you know, performance, more goal attainment. And the major criticism of my books, which I will gladly take, is that it's too easy. It's not enough. The surprising thing is when people trust it, trust me, follow it, they are shocked that it's not only enough that they exceed their expectations. But that goes to the takeaways I will give you in a second, because it's not just about the running or the biking or the swimming. Other things you need to do that aren't looked at enough or at all, depending on the study, in these studies when it comes to running. Let's get to the specific of Injury. I did a show on this. This is so not talked about enough. Or even understood. Or even a clear definition. What's an injury? What's an injury? I often talk about the fact that I am injury free. That doesn't mean I don't present with pain. My foot will feel something. Hamstring. I just deal with it. Right away. It's what I'm trained to do. I'm not only knowledgeable about what I should do. I can put the ego aside. And I'm not doing it for a living. Well, not professionally. Like, and I'm, I'm grateful that I'm just not a runner who runs. And that's why, what was the percentage? 62% competitive runners. Because they have to run more miles. More miles is better. To a degree. Till it's not. But that's one amazing yet so commonsensical takeaway from this study is that we're all experiments of one. We're all experiments of one. And yes, you go, well, then how the heck am I going to train? I need to find a plan. Yeah, that's where you start. That's where you start. But know that you don't have to get injured. And we are going to define that. Well, let's do it right now. One of the definitions, <laughs> and it's, it's tough to find, like, who's going to define this, right? Especially when it comes to certain sports. Let me give you one of the common, if you can even call it that, definition of injury. And I quote, running-related Training or in competition musculoskeletal pain in the lower limbs that causes, and here we go, a restriction on or stoppage of running, distance, speed, duration, or training for at least seven days or three consecutive scheduled training sessions. Or that requires the runner to consult a physician or other health, health professionals. Health professional. Now, hopefully you can see the flaws there immediately. Now, we need a definition, we need something, but there's so many issues with that definition. Some people will run through it. Some people have a really, uh, a much lower tolerance for pain. There's so many issues with the definition of injury. And one of the hardest things to do as a coach, as a trainer, when you're working one-on-one with someone is figure that out. You can't get inside their head. So in other words, they say, you know, my hamstring hurts or this hurts or this movement hurts or when I run, I feel this. Really, really hard to get inside that person's head and figure out what that means and what the cause is. But that does go to one of my takeaways from all of this. If you are a runner or any athlete for that matter, and you could be a walker getting a coach who can help you with this. Help you progress you correctly and know when you do present with something that they deal with it right away. The final chapter, is it the final chapter, second to, five, second to last chapter in my book, The Micro Workout Plan, is about that client I had who came to me at 50, couldn't run for a minute without stopping. And by 62 Boston Marathon qualifier sub 4 hour marathoner and and as we speak as i record this show he is doing with his wife yet another cross uh, europe bike tour i think it's 1500 miles might be 18 and he's mid 60s now so a coach someone who can individualize your program for you is super helpful you don't need them forever need the most at the beginning to get you started, to build that base of strength, to teach you the things that you need to know. But that person needs to be qualified, all right? I will say that over and over. All right, final break. When we get back, I'm going to give you more about this study and the takeaways that applies to not just running, but anything you do so you don't get hurt. Because that is my goal, is to get you the greatest results, shortest amount of time, least likelihood of injury. Because if you're injured, those results, that time, doesn't matter. Quick break, we'll be right back.
2: It's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: All right, so talking about injuries as they relate to running and all the studies that are out there and all the advice, and I've talked about how, you know, right behind me I have in my Vast bookshelves of, of just everything related to exercise and psychology and nutrition. The Lore of Running, which is over a thousand-page book on running. And I have dozens of other running books to follow. Now, that's where you start.
4: But the main takeaway, and it's,
3: it's you know, it's one you're going to get from me frequently you have to listen to your body. You have to listen to your body. If you can have someone else who's trained, that can help you listen to your body, great. But at the end of the day, it's you. And so the takeaways from all of this, and let me give you one more before I leave the whole injury issue aside. In the studies they looked at, there were, Several studies that showed that higher, higher weekly distance was protective against running related injuries. And so I don't want to get super deep into this study, but that should speak volumes about how it's so individualized. Listen, some people can run 50 miles a week, some people can run 100, some people can run 10 without issues. Everyone needs to progress slowly. And so that's one of the first takeaways. We hear it all the time start slowly. Matter's not what you're doing. You can't start too slowly and build up. I was the kid on the bench with shin splints and, you know, a multitude of lower body and all the stuff they described. Foot, ankle, knee, lower body. Because I did too much too soon. Because in high school and, and before then, the coaches just ran us into the ground. Hell week for football. Sat on, you know, my butt all summer. And then in two weeks, my body couldn't take it. And to think that today I'm doing what I do, got an Ironman coming up in a week. Did a marathon a couple weeks ago, and an ultramarathon a couple weeks before that. I don't have any issues, and I'm not Superman, and I was that person who couldn't do it. So the takeaways are I started slowly, and I still go slowly. You don't have to be injured. Now, if you're super competitive, yeah, you have a greater likelihood of being injured, but you don't have to be. If you do all the things, like start slowly, what else? Strength train? Strength train. It is so undervalued. Yeah, there's more and more articles about it. And that age-old debate, does strength training improve running performance? Uh, Yeah. First and foremost, because you're not injured. First and foremost, because you can continue to run. So you don't have to get into all the science about plyometrics and running efficiency and all that stuff that also exists. But again... Not something that is necessarily looked at in many studies about running and injuries. It's the frequency, intensity, duration, and things like that. So go slowly at the start. Progress gradually. It's what I did with that client. It took a long time. It took years to get him to that Boston Marathon. Qualifying time. Huh? Was it maybe under two years? But it took time. And we went through all the issues He started to present with plantar fasciitis. We dealt with it. He started to, well, he ran super tight. You could just see his running. He needed to work on his flexibility, needed to work on strength training. Working on strength training and flexibility will help eliminate a wide variety of running-related issues. And again, it goes for everything else, walking, tennis. So while I keep saying running, as I said at the start of this show, you can input just about anything for running with the advice I'm giving you. So start slowly, build up slowly, strength train, full body workouts, just to build that strength and core strength. Fix those muscular imbalances, squats, lunges, basics, planks. Okay? Recovery, it's everything. I'm going to do more and more shows about that because it's everywhere. You got to recover. You can't go hard every day. 80% of the time you should go easy. 20% of the time you go hard. Weight. Not talked about enough. So many people start a running program, and I've been there. I've talked about done the podcast on how I lose weight for my races. At my peak weight. Holy cow. Do I know how much more difficult it is to run and how much more it Puts demands on my body. I get it. I've been there. Losing muscle. Losing some body fat. I go a lot faster. And it's a lot easier. And so a lot of the issues, many of the issues, I would argue, in my experience, that people have with running, is directly related to weight. Of course it is. And cross-training. That's why I do triathlons. For many reasons, goal attainment, traveling the world, writing books, all of those things, super healthy. But I don't love swimming. Did it today, hours straight. Oh my gosh! I don't know how you swimmers do it. Bored to death. But I know it's good for me. And when I have an Ironman coming up, it forces me, hopefully, <laughs> not as much as it used to, to go to the pool. I want to be healthy and balanced and and enjoy life. Everything I want you to have as well. So strength train, cross train, and now specifics. If you are a runner, you know. Depending on your goals, running three to four times a week on non-consecutive days, that would have to be three. But if you ran four days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and maybe Sunday. Hills, endurance, speed, you don't have to run a lot. Again, the, the, the higher your goals, you can do two a days. You can run five days, six days a week, but you got to build up to that. You got to build up to that, depending on your goals. And you have to do all the things I just mentioned if you want to avoid those injuries. But the show is to just show you that, yeah, we'll talk about the studies. And yeah, it's important to follow plans and things like that. But we don't hear often enough that, unfortunately, the onus, again, is on us. It's on you. It's on me to listen to my body. And when in doubt, leave it out, as I say. I want to be able to continue to do what I want for the rest of my life. And sometimes that's waking up and saying, okay, you know what? Maybe today I don't go for that run. Maybe I bike instead. Maybe I swim instead. Maybe I do strength training instead. Maybe I do nothing. Because we are all experiments of one. And no one can get inside our heads and our bodies and tell us exactly how we feel. But when you listen to your body and you figure out what those issues are, the tightnesses, the imbalances, and when you do the excessive moderation, people, here we go, bringing it all home. I am not Superman. Iron Man number 27. I feel better than I felt in a long time, which freaks me out, which I always interpret as I didn't train hard enough. (laughs) We shall see. But my ultimate goal is to enjoy the day. And I've already enjoyed the journey. And so we set goals for ourselves
4: and we push our limits. But it should be healthy. I'm never going to do anything ever
3: that will impact my health and wellness down the road. As far as this type of stuff, these competitions. And the way I train. I want to be healthy and happy at 99 and 109 and not looking back as listen, just had a conversation with a friend who getting shoulder surgery. And he said, I wish I hadn't lifted so heavy done the things he did before. Now you can lift heavy, of course, but he knows, he knows what he did. All right. So for you runners, You got to listen to your body. You got to start slowly. You got to do that strength training. You do those things and you will enjoy running for the rest of your life. And that's it. All right. (sighs) If you haven't yet rated the show or followed the show, please do so. You can reach out. Tom H. Fit is Instagram and Twitter. Tom H. Fit, you can go to fitnessdisrupted.com as well. If you want to see this study, let me give it to you one more time. Really. Again, you go, well, what were the specific? The specifics are: it's complicated. It's complicated. And that's okay. All right. Actually, let me give you final thing before we go away two quotes from the studies the studies on injury causation don't measure cumulative intensity or changes in it it's possible that mileage intensity and rest are indeed risk factors but it's the combination of them that matters and the interconnections that are too complex for standard research protocols to spot thank goodness i didn't leave that out because that's exactly how i wanted to end it and let me read that final line one more time because that's what this show is about amongst uh, along with the other things it's the interconnections are too complex for standard research protocols to spot. Doesn't mean we don't look at the research. Doesn't mean we don't listen to our bodies. But this is the common sense, people. Do the little things consistently. Be smart about your training. Be honest about your training. Don't blame things that aren't the real reasons why you're hurt. Now I'm getting into a whole other thing, but there's many other different types of exercise where people get hurt really frequently because they're not being honest. They also don't know what they're. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, Anyway, I digress. (laughs) This study, the association between running injuries and training parameters, a systematic review, Journal of Athletic Training, September 21. We don't know what we don't know, but we do know we got to be smart enough. I am Tom Holland. Thank you for listening. Remember, there are three things we all control. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our attitudes. And that, people, is awesome. Thank you for listening and believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the
5: iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.